Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Good morning, Life Family Church. How are we doing today? Man, I am excited to be here, guys. This is the House of Freedom. I don't know how y'all's week went. My week was really good, but you know what? It always comes better come Sunday, amen? So I just want to welcome you to Life Family Church. If you are new here, you should have gotten a welcome packet. Welcome packet has an information card. If you can give this back to Miss Kayla Hartman, who's holding beautiful baby back there. Uh, in the Source Center after service, you'll get a free gift. Um, also, guys, we... We have Tuesday night's prayer. Tuesday night is amazing. Uh, this Tuesday we have uh, corporate prayer. at uh, Doors open at 6, but it starts at 6.30 p.m. This is a great opportunity to come in with the brethren and to be able to pray in unity because I tell you, I mean, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. And, guys, when we come in as, you know, one family in corporate prayer, I tell you, I mean, it's an amazing time to be with each other and to be able to, you know, uh, to experience that, guys, and to be able to call things down together. Amen. Also, Wednesday, we do have Women's Workout Wednesday. My beautiful wife, Chrissy, is running that. This is, um, and so we will not be doing MMA, but we will have Women's Workout. She's going to be, yeah, it's like a, like a Zumba type thing. They even do like push-ups and sit-ups and, you know, it's, uh, it, it's non-aggressive or anything like that. Yeah, work it. Go burn calories for Jesus. Amen. So, and plus, too, it's a good time for the women to be, be together, amen? So we have an opportunity for the women. Again, it's Wednesday nights at 5.30 to 6.15. Um, also, we uh, have sign-ups for the Authority of the Believer class. This is for Life Christian University. If you've ever been interested in, one, either getting a degree in you know, ministerial theology, or, or two, you just want to dive deeper in the Word, because we are called right to be able to learn the Word more. You know, Study to show thyself approved. Amen. So I believe that's a really good opportunity to be like, okay, let's dive deeper, and that will be on Tuesday nights. But if you are interested, just if you just want to do like the Faith for Free, which is basically where you take the class without paying, you know, it's for free. Uh, please sign up and register in the Source Center after service. We have to have registration for that before you can jump into the class, okay? Um, next up, uh, we do have, this week we are having a, there's uh, some opportunities. If you have any extra time, we are having a cleanup in here in the, in the building. It's a good time to sow into the building by uh, assisting in cleanup. So if you have any questions, come see me after service. I'd be more than happy to help you out with that. And this is a big announcement. If you guys didn't know, this coming Sunday, it's Pastor's birthday celebration. Typically, I'd announce it when he's not here, but we, it is his birthday celebration. Um, so I kind of got stuck, so I'm going to announce it anyway. So just come prepared. You know, all I got to say is this, you know. No pressure. No pressure. But let me just say this. Like, when I go to, when I go to a restaurant, if I have a really good meal, I give pretty well. But when you have someone who's delivering fresh man and fresh food from heaven, I give a little bit better. Amen. Amen. So it's a great opportunity. Again, you're sowing into the kingdom when you do that. So uh, just, I'm just going to say, just come prepared, okay? Um, next up, just check the email connections. We do have updates on all of our calendars. We have uh, amazing upcoming events uh, that are coming up because here at Life Family Church, we don't slow down. We just speed up because it's all about souls. And, you know, guys, we're happy to do it, and we just want you to jump on board with it. So if you have any questions, uh, go see the website, lifefamilychurch.net or check your email connections, or you can come see one of the interns and staff, and we'll help you out with that as well. And last but not least, we do have our Easter video. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for sewing in that and working that. Brother Mark, come here, man. You got to tell this testimony. This is a pretty incredible testimony, what uh, God did for you. You know, I'm not too sure that you just might be called to the ministry, bro. I'm serious, man. God really moves in your life. So share, share a little bit about what happened, and uh, we'll rejoice with you. Go ahead, please. Uh, well, about three years ago, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and uh, Easter Sunday, I came in here not feeling too hot, and uh, Pastor Jack pulled me aside and prayed for me, and that whole week, my stomach was just burning. It wasn't hurting. It was just like a burn, and uh, was it Thursday night? No, Friday. Saturday night, went into the hospital. I was having a little complications. Found out my appendix had ruptured, so I had to have immediate surgery. So I went in in there, and the guy was checking me out, found out no more Crohn's disease. That's incurable, right? Yep. Yeah. The doctor said that that's incurable. And you incurable. Got it's a lifelong disease. You live with it. Come on, let's give God Gone. praise. Come on. We worship you. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Mark. God bless you. Love you, man. Love you, love you. That's a powerful testimony. And, and, and the funny thing is, is he left a picture in my office of his intestines. It was amazing. I mean, just colorful and just, you know, I mean, they fill you with air and then they take pictures. They fill you, Did you know they fill your cavity with air? And then they take, work it. Work, you know. Yeah. I'm glad you got healed. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Open your Bibles, please, to the book of Ephesians. Uh, we're going to take out this morning's tithes and offerings. And we always do a little bit of an offering message. Sometimes it's on finances. Sometimes it's not. And so, but it's always encouraging to hear the word. Can you say amen? amen. All right. So how many of you know that we, we kind of operate in two different realms? Did you know that? We operate in the natural realm and we operate in the supernatural realm. The unseen realm. The supernatural realm is just as real as this natural realm. And we have to learn how to operate in both. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Are you hearing me? Yeah. We have to learn to operate not only in this natural realm, but we also have to learn to operate in the unseen realm, the spiritual realm. Yeah. Isn't that true? Yeah. Okay. In the book of Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to pick it up in verse number 10 out of the, the, the Passion Translation, and it says this, Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for the last. Oh, that, that kind of gets your attention. When he's about to say, I've left these most important truths to the last. And he goes on to say, Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Now we fight the good fight of faith. Now the victory is already won because of what Jesus did at the cross. You and I have to walk in that victory. Come on, hello, somebody. So for us to be able to walk in victory, then we have to know what our weapons are. Come on now. And we have to know what our protection is. Because we are in a spiritual battle. Here lies the spiritual battle. 
For Satan and his kingdom, it's for the souls of men. For God's kingdom, it's for the souls of men. Come on, hello, somebody. But the victory has already been won for the souls of men, at least on God's side, because Jesus came and he died on the cross. Can you say amen? And so therefore, he restored back to you and me the authority that was once lost from Adam and Eve in the garden. Now, you and I know that we are no longer a cursed people. You know you're not cursed, right? Go on, talk to me. You're not a cursed people. Galatians chapter 3, 13 says, Cursed is everyone who hangeth on a tree. Isn't that right? Okay, so therefore Jesus became a curse for us, right? So that you and I are no longer cursed. Is that correct? Now, we are still under the curse of the fall. Yeah, yeah. Come on, the curse of the fall. We are not under the curse of the law. All the curses that are in Deuteronomy, Jesus took upon himself. because He became a curse. Isn't it interesting? He left all the blessings. Blessed going in, blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Come on, hello somebody. So when you give tithes and offerings, watch this, it's due to the fact that you're, you're coming from the standpoint of being blessed. Because it's a covenant issue, not a little Levitical law issue. Because it was covenant. Because the principle of the tithe goes all the way back to Adam and Eve in the garden. The principle of it. Well, what do you mean? God told Adam and Eve, of every fruit of every tree in the garden you can eat of except the fruit of this one tree. Amen. So 90% of all the fruit is yours, but the 10% fruit is mine. Well, some of you, you look at me like you've never heard that before. Praise God. That's a good thing. That's, what we're, that's the reason why we come to church, so we can learn these things. Praise God. Amen. So the principle of the tithe is there. Now, since we do have an enemy, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 says, For this purpose the Son of Man was manifested, that he may destroy the works of the devil. The, the works of the devil lie in this. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Not just life. It's abundant life. So if he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it's not just the earth itself. It's you people on the earth because that's what the purpose is. So sometimes what happens is when we are going through trials and tribulations, in reality, it is Satan buffeting our bodies, just like Satan buffeted the body of Paul. This is what I'm saying. Ever seen a boxer box? Usually, 99.9% of the time, I would say 99.999.999% of the time, you won't get knocked out from body blows unless you get hit in the solar plexus, okay? And, and it hits you so hard you can't get your breath back and you pass out from not being able to breathe. Or it broke, broke your sternum or broke your ribs or something like that and you can't get air. Hello? So buffeting your body. So sometimes these trials, sometimes these tribulations, sometimes these financial issues, sometimes is Satan trying to buffet you to get you off course. You're hearing me. You're hearing me. Remember, we have two worlds. We have an unseen world, which is supernatural, and we have the natural world in which we live in, and we have to learn to operate in both worlds. Remember, Satan's goal is to kill you, steal from you, and destroy your Life. So you can actually see the two. The destroyer, the king of kings who gives you life and gives it to you more abundantly. Now, 
Sometimes it's the decisions that we make that actually gets us into trouble. Did you understand that? Sometimes we make. The decisions that you have made yesterday determine when you're alive today. And the decisions that you make today will determine what your life is in the future. And all of our lives are tied to someone. Because there's never a decision that anybody makes that does not affect the lives of others. Let me say that one more time. There's never a decision that you make that will not affect the life of another. And I think sometimes what happens is that Satan may blind us. Come on, he blinds us because we cannot see what we cannot see. Have you ever been around people who actually see things in you that you couldn't see and they actually point them out? Yeah, all the time. I, I, it happens to me all the time. Come on, amen. If you're married, it happens to you all the time. Amen. So it's imperative that in these last days, because if he says, I leave these truths for the last... That means revelation was then, and now about 2,000 years later, revelation about it is now. And 2,000 years later, we're closer to the second coming of Jesus, the rapture, than any other time in history right now. We are living, we are living in it. Man, truly people's hearts are growing cold. Statistically, uh, Pastor Marie was reading an article to me, and she said statistically out of the 7 billion people, there are two elements that are very prominent in humanity, all over the world. Number one, people are more angry today than they've ever been, ever. And number two, uh, they don't have joy, depression. Anger and depression is very prevalent in the world. It's just as much prevalent in the world as just as much it is in the body of Christ. No wonder we have movements of joy. Come on, hello, somebody. No wonder we have movements of joy. If you're a word spirit church, you should have times of refreshing that comes. And the Bible says where the presence of the Lord is, there's fullness of joy. And joy has a voice. Just like depression has a voice. Depression is tears. You know, hide yourself in the closet, close all the curtains, shut the door, and everybody tries to feed you. Go away. Go away. <laughs> Go away. I'm having a pity party. Go away. Come on, hello, somebody. That's the reason why we have these movements of joy. It's by the Spirit. It's not by power, not by mind, but by the Spirit of God. Come on now. And then we know that we're in faith with any decision that we make is when we have peace and joy. If we don't have peace and joy, got to back up. Come on, hello, somebody. Got to back up. You guys know how to be led by the Spirit of God. You know the ways to be led by the Spirit of God, right? The number one way is through the Word of God. Number two ways by inward witness, right? Come on now. Counseling with people, counseling with spiritual authority, talking to them about the decisions you're about. We need one another, especially in this time, or we could actually get off path and not even know we're getting off the path. One of the things that I do believe that in these last days, God is wanting to give us foresight. You understand what I mean by foresight? In other words, you see into the future where you're going. And who will it affect or not affect? Sometimes we have a tendency to forget the decision I'm about to make. Who is it going to affect? All of us may think, make those decisions. I, I, I'm more aware of it today because of what happens. Because it changes people's destinies. It changes my destiny. So sometimes I just slow down a little bit. Can you say amen? Because I, I want to see foresight. Like, for example, we're getting ready to go do a miracle healing crusade in June in a matter of eight weeks. 
You get this. You ready for this? We're already having foresight for next, for next year. Already seeing it. What we should be doing, what we should not be doing. Praying it out. I'm not going to make an announcement now because we're still seeking the Lord. I just want to make sure that I have peace and joy before I make a decision. Because it may affect people's lives. Hello? Come on now. I believe that God wants to bring that to the body of Christ. Can you say amen? It's His body. Now... As we're reading this, he talks to us about these secret truths. And he says this, Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. That's what he does. Even the apostle Paul said there was a messenger of Satan sent to me to buffer me so that I can't go on beyond revelations. Come on, and Paul called it a thorn in the side. It, wasn't, it was not sickness. We know that to be true because everywhere Paul went, two things happened, revival or riot. That's his whole life. It was revival or people want to stone him, throw him off a cliff. They want to you know, do whatever. Matter of fact, did you know that Paul was stoned to death and the, and the disciples raised him from the dead? Yeah. He obviously understood some truths, that he was going to run his race, finish his course. Hello. And obviously, that wasn't the time for him to be to heaven. Praise God. Amen. He still had two-thirds of the New Testament to write. He hadn't been finished yet, so uh, he got raised from the dead so he, could, <laughs> so he could complete his course and run his race. Can you say amen? Amen. And thank God that he did listen when they said, listen, we're going to let you outside the wall. Okay, They want to kill you in here, in the city. So get in the basket, Paul. We need you around. Come on, hello, somebody. So he did exercise some wisdom. Even Jesus exercised wisdom when he was in Jerusalem, and then all of a sudden he's criticizing and he's going after the religious people. Come on now. He's, he, he's telling them they're hypocrites, you know, full of dead men's bones, swallow a camel, chuckle in a gnat. I mean, hello. And, and all of a sudden they, there was a, people wanted to stone him. He was in the temple, actually. I mean, when he said, I am, they, oh, boy, that stirred the whole crowd up. All right? And then he left, Right? And then come to find out Lazarus died within a few days. And then all of a sudden, you know, they were telling me, hey, we just got word Lazarus died. No, Lazarus was sick. And then the disciples were like, hey, let's go, you know, let's go see him. He said, no, no, we're going to wait. We're gonna, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. And he waited like for two or three days, Jesus did. Right? It was about two days. Isn't that correct? And then all of a sudden he said, um, well, you know, don't worry about it. Lazarus is dead. Okay, let's go. Well, there's a lot of principle there. Number one, he wanted at least 24 to 36 hours before he made a decision for things to cool off in Jerusalem. Right? Yeah, and then he was like, okay, now let's go raise him up. Praise God, amen. Things have cooled off. Everybody's calmed down. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? And he was always checking with his, his father in heaven because he was a man under authority. Because the Bible says that he was a man under authority. It was God's authority. He never did anything that God didn't tell him to do or say, right? And he only did what God told him to do and what what to say. That's a person under authority. Can you say amen? So he submitted to spiritual authority in his life. That's an amazing thing. Why? It protects you from the accuser. It protects you from the enemy. The Bible says that when Jesus, after 40 days and 40 nights, he tempted him, right? And Jesus resisted all the temptations. And the Bible says Satan waited for a better opportunity. Oh, I'm, I'm going to help some people today get the victory. 
Can you say amen? Because we need a good word from heaven to give us the victory and get us over the hump. Can you say amen? Over the hill. Because you have an enemy, and he's called the accuser of the brethren. His name is Satan. Used to be Lucifer, but now he's the Lord of the flies. Got a Holy Ghost fly swatter. He goes on to say here, protect you as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser, your hand-to-hand combat. That's the reason why we do jujitsu on Wednesday, folks. Come on. Hello, somebody. There's always something to our insanity. I'm going to have an opportunity one day to rear naked choke Lucifer. That is going to be an amazing day when I sneak up behind him, put my arm, come, and then choke him out. It's going to be, that's going to be a glorious, glorious day. So I'm practicing. I've been practicing for about a year and a half now. Choke him out. Floyd's going to shoot him at a long distance with his 30-odd six on his porch. That's what Floyd's going to do. Hey, Pastor, I'll do it a little easier. I'll just, I'll just see. So whatever pleasure you have, me, rear naked choke, Floyd, 30-odd six. Praise God. Amen. From a long distance. 300 yards. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. It depends. It really depends. Okay. But with high principalities and authorities operating in, the, in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the amount that God has provided for you so you are protected as you comfort and confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all these things and will arise victorious. Put on truth as the belt of strength. You stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert. Then always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield. It's just not in front of you. Your shield of faith is not an ex- all the way around. It's your rear guard. It's your side guard. It's your front guard. I think sometimes we have a tendency to forget these things because watch this. If Satan can't get us to compromise and sin, he'll begin to drive you. My oldest son, John, makes a lot of money. And Satan doesn't mind him having a lot of money as long as he's got him where he wants him. We are to never make a decision based upon money, whether we have it or we don't have it, because Satan will accommodate you if he can get you off the path that God has set on you. Like I said before, if Satan can't get you to compromise and fall into sin, then he'll begin to drive you. He doesn't mind you having a lot of money as long as you don't fulfill the call of God or the destiny in your life. Three people said amen to that. Don't mistake... My oldest son would say, I am blessed. I make close to $100,000 a year. I buy the nicest cars, the nicest shoes, the nicest everything. But my, my, my wonderful son, 
His perception is way off. Come on, hello, somebody. You have to be very, 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 very careful. I don't make a decision to do a crusade based upon money. If I based everything upon money, we wouldn't be sitting in this building. If I based upon everything on money, we wouldn't be paying $30,000 for a crusade. My God, if I based everything upon money, come on now. Hello, you won't do anything. If you're always waiting for the right time or the right situation or when it's convenient, I got good news. It's never convenient. And it's never the right time. Oh, I got to have the time. Well, God, if God dropped something in your heart, hello. Amen. Come on, hello. You're awfully quiet in this Episcopalian church this morning. Praise God. Amen. Either that or you're listening intently. Okay, good. I'm glad you're listening intently. Because we want to give you some substance so that you always be victorious over the enemy. That we don't fall into the category of even the elect being deceived. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. He goes on to say this. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. Oh, the thoughts, the thoughts. Did you know that Satan is a master at mind control? He's a master of mind control. And it starts with thoughts. It's our thought life. We are now, this is what I'm about to say, by the Holy Spirit. We are now entering into an era with humanity that if you do not have your mind renewed to the word, you will talk gibberish. You will answer with gibberish. And what you say won't make any sense to you or anybody else. And even the world will look at you and go, huh? What did you just say? Yes? No? Yeah. Watch, yeah. Watch, watch, watch our politics on television. You, watch what the politicians are saying. Huh? She said, what? Do you understand? No. That means she said nothing. Because it didn't make sense. I now understand. I told her this morning. I said, I now understand how individuals in the body of Christ could actually be deceived by false prophets and false teachers and things like that because they'll swallow it hook, line, and sinker because if we don't renew our minds to the Word of God on a daily basis, if we're not in church when we're supposed to be in church, there are only some impartations that can only come to you from God through a man and a woman of God. That, that is the absolute truth. And we just can't keep going down the path of destruction, folks. Come on, hello, somebody. Amen. I'm not going to let you. I mean, if you're, this is your home church and we're your pastors. It's not going to happen on my watch. I got to stand at the throne of God. Hello, and be held accountable for every one of you. Amen. Amen. And then we all have to stand there. And there will be some people that Jesus will turn to them and say, Who's your pastor? Joyce Meyer. 
Oh, she married you. She buried you. She, she came to your house when you were sick and prayed for you. And, you know, she, she cried with you. She laughed with you. And you could call her on the phone right now, and she'd be right down to your house to help you out. Well, 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 well we just have this long-distance relationship. I have a pastor. I've always had a pastor. Let me tell you, I've had five pastors in my 53 years. My first pastor was George and Linda Brooks when I was a teenager. Then I went to Eddie and Lee Thompson for about three years. Then I went to Rama and Pastor Hagen was my pastor for nine years. Then I went to Chicago and Pastor Rob Thompson was my pastor for about two to three years. And then after I came, left Chicago and came to do something, Pastor Rodney's my pastor. Well, how do you know that Pastor Rodney's your pastor? Because he called me on Christmas Day because we texted him about a problem and we asked for his advice. And he took time out of his family to call us on the phone. And how busy that man is. So I try not to bother him that much. But he knows my telephone number, and he knows my name. He knows Pastor Marie. He knows Dad and Sherry. He's my pastor. And if I were to call him and say, Pastor, I've got to talk to you. I'm in a jam. And I would do what he told me to do, even if I didn't understand it. Why? I have an enemy that wants to get me off my path, off my calling, wants to buffet me, wants to punch me, wants to take me out. I'm trying to help some people here this morning get the victory over Satan who we cannot see who wants to steal from you, kill from you, and destroy your life. I'm just not that rebellious. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'm just not that selfish. Please forgive me. I've always had a pastor, and I've always listened to him. Oh, even I I have nine board members. I've even listened to them. I figured if they're all on the same page, and I'm, I think I want to go this way, and they're all on the same page, and they all tell me the same thing, and then I go and do what I want to do, somebody miss it. It's probably not them. Why is that? Satan, the destroyer, wants to take me off my path. Wants to kill me. Wants to destroy me. Doesn't want me to fulfill the destiny. Would rather me go home to be with Jesus early than impact this world. Are y'all doing all right? I'm just trying to, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. Hope you don't feel scolded or anything. I hope you feel helped. I want you to be helped because we all were not created to eat everybody's food and breathe everybody's air. Come on, hello, somebody. We were created for a purpose. You're the only you. You, the only you. You, you, with your DNA and your fingerprints. You're the only you. Out of seven billion people, there's not another one like you. And you were created for a purpose and a destiny. And Satan's sole determination is to kill you, steal from you, and destroy your life. And Jesus is... Total destination for your life is I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Can you say amen? Amen. 
Pray passionately in the Spirit as you constantly intercede for, with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. And pray also that God's revelation will be released through me every time I preach. So keep that armor on. Don't ever take it off. And remember, you have an enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But God has given you the victory through his word and his Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? All right. If you need an offering envelope on the back of your chairs, an offering envelope. If you've already filled it out, wonderful. If you need to make it out, make it out to Life Family Church, if you would, please. If you're given by way a debit card, a credit card, or whatever you want to do, make sure you fill out all the numbers, the CVS number on the back, the three-digit number. Put your address and everything so that we can give that to the accounting department and things like that to be able to send you a tax receipt at the end of the year. And God will bless you for it. Thank you for your tithes and offerings. It helps. It really, 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 really helps for things to get done. And we are working on getting things, some things done. So we're working on a computer. That thing is an ancient dinosaur. So we're going to be getting a new computer for the back so that we can have this on the screen. <laughs> Praise God, amen. And that we can do that. There's some other things. Uh, we have our, our, this year, we have to renew the mortgage on the building. And uh, so we have some bank people coming out on May the 14th to kind of look at the building. I have a really great relationship with Pilot Bank. Uh, even my company has done some work for them. So uh, the, the president, vice president really like us. It's a, good, it's a good thing when you're in good standing with the president and vice president of the bank. And that's a really awesome, awesome thing. And also in the future, there's a pilot bank going to be coming to Plant City. So that's really, really, really good. They're great. They're great. They're a community bank. I like them a lot. And um, they work with us, which is awesome, awesome thing. Um, I think we owe on the building about 390000 So we went from 580000 in about, we've been in this building five years? Yeah, five years. So we went from 589 to 399 or 389 or something like that. So praise the Lord. It's coming, coming down. Amen. It's a good thing. We're believing God for this piece of property over here. Keep on, we're keeping our eye on that. And then eventually we want to buy this house over here. Praise God. And then eventually I want to buy the apartment complex. Yeah, because when people want to come to LCU they will, or they feel led of the Lord to come to church and they're coming from out of state, then they, we can hook them up there for a little bit, you know, until they can get established, get a job. It's a pretty good vision, wouldn't you say? Amen. And then eventually, once we buy this property, on the back side of the property, we'll build a brand new sanctuary. And then this will be like the children's and youth facility over here. And then we'll start a school, a private school, because then we'll have the facility and we'll have the parking. And it's just one life. It's just a matter of time, praise God. Amen. We do have a thousand-year millennial reign that we're going to have to go through after the seven-year tribulation period. And not only that, I'm going to reign and rule in Plant City. I don't care what any other pastor has declared. They may not have done it. I'm reigning and ruling, praise God, in Plant City. I will be the mayor of the city, and you guys will be in positions of authority because we'll place you in positions of authority and things like that all over the place. And we might have to, you know, we might have to work with the other 130 church pastors, maybe, but I know I'm the only pastor that has said Plant City is my city, as far as I know. Uh, you're kind of thinking way out there. I told you, I have foresight. Praise God. Amen. I'm thinking way out there because I'm sure not going to be here during the seven-year tribulation period. I got that, got that straight. Amen. I mean, really, you're going to have revival before, or there definitely be revival after two billion people disappear on the planet. Believe me, there's going to be something going on. Just make sure you practice a lot. You ready to give? Say yay. 
All right, Father, we thank you for the gift and the giver. And Father, as they give into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, many souls will be won because of it. And Father, I thank you that we're blessed going in, blessed going out. Father, bless them in their jobs. Those that need jobs, get jobs. Those that need better jobs with better pay, get better jobs with better pay. Those that have businesses, clients come in Jesus' name. Customers come in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you right now that Satan is under our feet. He is a defeated foe. No weapon formed against our finances prosper. So Father, we thank you right now. We lose ministering angels according to the book of Hebrews chapter 2 that have been assigned to us heirs of salvation go and influence the wealth of the wicked to be loosed under our hands and we love you and we bless you for it in Jesus name and everybody said amen, amen and amen thank you Jesus Open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. I'm going to talk to you about cultivating a sensitivity to the supernatural. Cultivating a sensitivity to the supernatural. How many believe that you're a supernatural being? You are. Your spirit, soul, and body. You're not body, soul, and spirit. You're spirit first. You have a soul, which is your mind, will and emotions, and you live in a body, the house that contains you. Praise God. Number one. You have to cultivate God's presence in your life. you got to learn to cultivate God's presence in your life. 1 John 2.27 says this, But the anointing which you receive from him abideth in you. And you need not that any man should teach you, but the same anointing teaches you all things, and is truth and is no lie. Even as I have taught you, you shall abide in him. And it's not that we don't need fivefold ministry teachers. He's talking about the spirit of truth. When we talk about the anointing, when we talk about the presence of God, when we talk about wind, we talk about fire, we talk about flood, we talk about dew, we talk about oil, it's all in reference to the person of the Holy Spirit. He is the power side of God. He is the presence side of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus is not on the earth today. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, but he sent the person of the Holy Spirit Not only to be in this earth, but not not only that, but to also be with you and in you. So you have God Almighty in you. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Is not your body the temple of the Holy Ghost, and God there dwells in? So God lives on the inside of you. So in reality, here's something that you and I, we are faced with on a daily basis. One, the things of the enemy trying to come at us. Two, our flesh and our fleshly desires because we live in a fallen state. Hello. And then the desires of Almighty God for your life. Now you have to understand that God will always lead you toward good. He doesn't tempt with evil. He doesn't lead you into evil. Come on, hello somebody. He always leads you into good. Satan tempts with evil. Satan leads you into bad. 
The Bible says that the enemy will appear to you as an angel of light, which seems good to a man. But the Lord, if you allow him, will direct your paths. Can you say amen? So it is important that all of these years that we have sat underneath the word, now we have to be doers of it because it's life and death. It's victory or tragedy. Come on, hello, somebody. It's sickness or health. It's poverty and lack or prosperity. It's getting to that point. That press is there. Come on, hello, somebody. Yeah. So your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God? Are ye not your own? So what is he saying? He said, listen, when you gave your heart to Jesus Christ, now you don't belong to yourself. You now belong to him. He, you're his property. So watch this. I'm going to make a very powerful statement here. So the moment that we feel that we can make a better decision for our lives than God is the moment we just stole from him. Because you've been bought with a price. If I were to walk into the Apple store, hello, and I get me an Apple computer, and I, I spend three grand on it, you know, got the best ones, got all the things on it. That's probably what it costs to really get one of the best ones. So I walked in there, and I put my $3,000 down, and they wrapped it all up for me, and they put them you know, in the bag, and they gave me the receipt. And all of a sudden, I'm walking out the front door, and one of the security officers, armed security officers, is there, and he stops me. He says, excuse me, sir, where did you get that? Well, what, what's, what officer? Uh, that, that computer right there. I, I just walked in here and I, I just bought it. And he said, does, does it have your name on it? Well, no, sir, it doesn't have my name on it. But well, whose name on it is it? It's, it's Apple. He said, isn't that Apple's property? Well, yes, sir, it is, but I just purchased it. Come on, hold somebody. Well, what do you mean just purchased it? Give me some proof of your purchase. I will be glad to give you my proof. Here is the receipt that now states that I paid monetary funds for this Apple computer. That which was once Apple's is now mine. So therefore, the receipt in which Jesus paid for was his blood. So when the accuser comes to steal, kill, and destroy, you can say, I don't belong to you anymore. I don't even belong to myself. I belong to the one who just purchased me. So therefore, I must do what he tells me to do. I'm no longer my own. I belong to him. Can you say amen? amen? So what must we do? If Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, Jesus made a very powerful statement. He said, in that day you will ask me nothing. But whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So I don't understand when people pray to Jesus. Who are we to pray to? The Father or to Jesus? We're to pray to Father in whose name? Did he not say, in that day you will ask me nothing? Talk to me, talk to me, class. Talk to me. Did he say, in that day you will ask me nothing? But whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Is that right? So don't please stop praying to Jesus. 
Boy, that's a tough one. That's a real tough one. In that day, you will ask me nothing. But whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it. Is that the scripture? Somebody look that scripture up for me right now. Somebody find that scripture for me. Take out your phone and (laughs) find that scripture for me. I think it's in John chapter 14. In that day, you will ask me nothing. No, that's, uh, if anyone has ought towards your brother, forgive him. John 16, 23. Read it, Christian. So, do we need to change praying to Jesus? Yeah. Talk to me. Yeah. Is, is that still a little tough for some of you to swallow, even after we read the word? I don't pray to Jesus. I pray to the Father in his name. Yeah. Now, watch this. Now, the point that I was trying to make is, is that Jesus said, I will send you another comforter, the spirit of truth who would lead you in all truth. Not only will he be with you, but he will also indwell you. Hallelujah. So he is the guiding side. So it's good for you and me to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You can talk with him because this is the way God talks to us. God will speak to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will speak to your spirit. Your spirit speaks to your mind. And it's that quick. It's that quick. That quick. The Holy Spirit is the person. He's a person. Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. He's not in human form. He's in spiritual form. So sometimes what happens is people can't relate to the Holy Spirit because they don't think he has hands and legs and nose. We know that Jesus has hands, legs, and nose because he came in the flesh. Can you say amen? We know that the Father, hello, it was, we're created in the Father. So the Father has hands, he has a nose and a mouth. But when it comes to the description of the Holy Spirit... It doesn't give like he's got hands, nose, and mouth. He's a spiritual. He's not like Casper the ghost, though. I'll just tell you right now, okay? He's not like that. <laughs> he's not like that, but he's a spiritual being. He is the presence side of God. We know that to be true because in the book of Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form and void. And the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. Boom! The Holy Spirit made it happen. That entity, that person, comes, makes his home on the inside of you. So herein lies the struggle. It's the revelation knowledge that we have of God's Word and who He is, who we're not. I know who I am, but I also know who I'm not. So we have to, if you're going to cultivate God's presence in your life, then you have to recognize the Spirit of God in your life. You look through history, the ministries, the churches that were word and spirit, it will take you all the way back to the lineage of Jesus and his disciples. Anything that deviates from that path, Would you not say that the book of Acts was the establishment of the church age? Come on, talk to me. Yes? No? Is that when it started? So this church 
Started out drunk in the Holy Ghost? Read Acts chapter 2. <laughs> what, a, what a way to start a movement. Get drunk in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. <laughs> With fire. <laughs> fire on your head and drunk. In a drunken stupor. Spiritually speaking. I just want to clarify that right now. Spiritually speaking. Amen. That's way cool. If you're going to start the church, start it out with fire and drunkenness. Who would have thunk it? Except God himself. Isn't that way most humanity escapes their problems? Hello, talk to me. They go to boozing, right? And they're playing, right? To escape the problems, the world. It's coming Friday night. No, excuse me. At about six, happy hour, baby. Praise God. Amen. From six to eight, two for one, ladies, and the men drink for free. <laughs> six to eight. I guarantee you. What's today? Today's Sunday. Oh, praise God. Sorry. I don't know what today was. Praise God. That's because I'm flying out tomorrow to go do camp meeting with Pastor Todd and Daphne and be back on Thursday. So I'm trying to think of how many services I'm going to be doing. So I got to da 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 I'm having foresight. I'm, I'm foresighting the future. Okay. So people are going to go happy. Well, I don't know if they'll do happy hour now, unless they started right about now. Is it a football game? I mean, what sports is playing now? Is it basketball? What is it? It's basketball players. Okay. You see how connected I am? Praise God. Was it the Super Bowl? Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Is baseball? Baseball. Okay. Who got time for that? Praise God. Amen. Okay. So what do you do with the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit has to be a part of your daily life. You have to allow him. Let's watch this. You have to allow him to develop character in you. Character. The anointing will never carry you to the place that your character can't keep you. I have, oh, I have had to swear to my own hurt. I've had to swear to my own hurt. I can't tell you. That's the reason why I'm careful about ever making a promise to somebody. Because God makes me keep my promise. I swear to my own hurt. I've been called on the carpet too by family members because I told some people I was going to do something. And then the person said, you should have talked to me. You're absolutely right. I should have talked to you first because God is holding me to my own hurt. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Swear to your own hurt. I think it's in the Bible somewhere, but I'm not really sure. Probably in Proverbs or something like that, you know, or maybe Psalms or it's probably... It's probably in there somewhere about swearing to your own hurt. You, you make a promise to somebody, you tell somebody you're going to do something, then you swear to your own hurt. Uh, man. 
You know, I should have sworn to my own hurt, and I should have gave that one you know, ministry that we were going to do a crusade together in Mexico, I should have just gave them the money is what I should have did because I tried to get out of it, and I should have just gave them the $5,000 because they probably would have avoided me getting malaria and nearly my oldest son killed in a major car accident, okay? I should have just swore to my own hurt and just gave it to them, you know, instead of God told me don't go on the crusade, so I should have just gave them the money. Swear to my own hurt. I'm swearing to my own hurt today. Well, it's just a matter of time. Praise God. Amen. And I'll be out of that one. Guess what? I've learned my lesson. Not ever making that mistake again. Anybody ever besides me open up mouth and insert foot? Anybody who wants to be honest this morning? Praise God. <laughs> Hold on. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I swear to my own hurt. I want the anointing. I want the anointing. I want God. I want to see miracles and signs of wonder. What about your character? Are you proven in character? What's your character? It's tied to the anointing. Your character is tied to your destiny. Your character is everything. Every minister that was a shooting star that came on the scene out of nowhere and suddenly they fell, what happened? Their character didn't carry them where the anointing was taking them. Up, boom. Up, crash and burn, boom. Really, we need that in the body of Christ today? No, God help us all, lest we fall into the same thing. Can you say amen? Be proven trustworthy. That's in my notes. Be proven trustworthy. Can you be trusted The parable of the talents is a trust parable. Did you know that? To one he gave two, to one he gave five, to one he gave ten. I have taught this for years. Let me know what you're talking. Can God trust you if you only have five dollars or you come up with twenty thousand dollars not to move your heart? Can you be a $30,000 a year person and suddenly hit the lottery if you played the lottery or you found the lottery ticket. Let me put it that way. I don't recommend playing the lottery. Better more of an investment in the kingdom of God than playing the lottery. But you found the lottery ticket. Now you're $5 million. You went from $30,000 a year. Now you're $5 million. Can the pastor still correct you? Without you going, what? I'd buy this church, buy your house, buy your cars, and still have leftovers. Trying to tell me what to do. Pray the Lord, I think I'm leaving this church. <laughs> oh, you learned the principles to go from 30000 a year to $5 million, and you forgot about all that, how that pastor, blood, sweat, tears, had poured his heart out when you were crying, maybe even paid your meal, paid some of your bills, and now you go from 30000 to $5 million, and now you're like, hey, pray the Lord, I get to do what I want to. Can God trust you? How many families, how many people? I know Christy, Melanie, you know someone who came into multi-millions and within three years it was all gone. You, you know that. You, yeah, you know that, you know that family. Nothing, had nothing. Won the lottery within three years. How many millions was it? Do you know? Three million gone in three years. Holy smoke and coals from the altar of Almighty God. Are you trustworthy? 
What are we talking about here this morning? Cultivating a sensitivity to the supernatural. We want some of these things. We want some of these things. We want some of these things. But how did a sense of entitlement creep into the body of Christ? I was watching Dr. Phil the other day. This 15-year-old girl, 15 years old, comes on the show. Very pretty, but not too bright. 15 years old has developed this cultural sense of entitlement. They live in California. She's telling her mother, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to work. I want to do homeschool, which is not bad. But I want Armani clothes. I want, yeah, I want Armani clothes. I want, you know, what's that, those purses you girls really like? Michael Kors, what's, that? what's other, some, what was it, the Louis Vuitton. And then she mentioned this, like, $250,000 car. And, and it feels like, why do you want that? He said, well, my mother's buying a Bentley, and I deserve this one. And then she's like, well, I don't want that one. You can't give me, you can't make me that. And then, by the way, this is my show. This ain't nobody. And Dr. Phil's like, whoa. And then all of a sudden, she, she's like, well, and then he turns to the mother, and he didn't say a very nice word to her. Praise God. Amen. But he's like, why do you get, why? Well, we talked about, you know, Toyotas, and we talked about things like that. But I, this, we've, we've kind of agreed that she's going to get a C30 brand new Mercedes Benz. Dr. Phil was like, I, uh, and he turned to the 15-year-old and said, I don't even have a $250,000 car. And he, she's like, well, why not? And then finally they broke broken down. And then when she, her mother says, well, I think we'll start out getting a job. That, yeah, you should have seen that teenage. She, when she stood up, ah, I can't work a job. Why not? This is too much work. Had a major meltdown right there on television. What about paying the price? Paying the price. You know, when I was younger, when I was in my 20s, I always wanted to be in business for myself. And I would hear all of these motivational people, all of these people that were in business that were making millions of dollars, and they would say this all the time within their seminars, if you just pay the price, if you just pay the price, if you'll just pay the price, if you'll pay the price, if you'll pay the price, if you'll just pay the price. And I'm like, what the heck is paying the price? What do you mean paying the price? I went to the Lord. I said, what's paying the price mean? He said, you're willing to do that others won't do to get what you desire in your heart. That's called paying the price. Let me make this announcement. I'm just going to boast because the, the Apostle Paul boasted. Did you, not know, did you know that the Apostle Paul boasted? Yeah. So I'm going to boast. We are the most easiest pastors you'll ever have. We're not going to lower our holiness standards. We won't, we won't relinquish our biblical standards, but we're the easiest. Why are you so easy? Because we want you to fulfill your destiny. If you feel called to the ministry, we're going to help you with that. To the best of our ability, we'll help you with that. We'll help you. We love you. We fear God. Imagine that. A minister who literally fears God on the behalf of others because of the care that's been placed. Can you imagine that? 
You, you, you mean, Pastor, you don't want me to fail? No! You mean, Pastor, you don't want me not to fulfill my destiny? No! We want you to fulfill your destiny. You mean, you, you, you mean Pastor, you, you have your heart's for no hidden motives? No! You want us to succeed? Yes! You want us to win souls? Uh-huh. Why do you want me to win souls so much? Reward in heaven. Like for you to get a reward in heaven. You want us to go on missions? Yes. It'll change your life. Why is that? Because you get to lay hands on the sick and cast out devils and pull people out of wheelchairs. That's the reason why. You get to see tumors disappear underneath your hand and go, my God, it works. It really works. God forbid that we're just not in it for ourselves. The truth be known, Pastor Marie and I went in ministry for the money. (laughs) Yeah, so I get to have a business on the side to help fund the gospel when possibly others that were called and decided to quit. So now i got to put my hand to something on the outside of the ministry so that I can fund the gospel to go on missions trips. Please forgive me. I have to have make tents. i got, I got to go back to making tents. I think the Apostle Paul did that too. I think for some reason, oh my goodness. Hmm. What? You mean you have the philosophy others may and you may not? Oh, yeah. Go, go figure. Cultivating a sensitivity to God's presence. Watch this. This will help you. Repent quickly of any sin leaning toward darkness. Do it quickly. If you're starting to lean toward that weakness of yours, if you're starting to lean toward possibly getting off the path of God, repent. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Your protection from deception is your humility. Let me say that one more time. That's a very powerful statement. Your protection from deception is humility. How you either respond or how you either react to to somebody in authority in your life will determine whether you're in humility or whether you're offended. Your response or your reaction. Your boss gives you an email, your boss does something to you and all that kind of stuff, or your boss doesn't treat you right. Hello, how you respond or how you react will determine if you're offended with that person. If your family does something to you, says something about you, how you respond or how you react will determine whether you're offended or not. Jesus, when he was confronted, did not give a railing accusation. He did not rail back. Did he? He didn't do it. Was that from humility? Was that a reaction or a response? Response. How many times, how many times have I done it to others? I I paid some pretty painful lessons. I I really don't like other people going through painful things when I've already been there and I say, please don't do that because that's going to be, well, what if God wants me to? I'm not sure if he's into that, causing you pain. I know the one who causes you pain and sorrow. His name is Satan. God's not interested in causing you pain. He said, Jesus, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. 
I'm not going to put a yoke of religion on you. I'm not going to put you in bondage. No, I'm going to set you free out of bondage. Most people don't miss it on the what. They miss it on the when. The times I've gotten myself into trouble financially, with relationships, with anything, is because I decided enough is enough, but God didn't decide enough was enough. So there was this one time where I had enough of my pastor, and I said it, I had enough, literally walked out. He come running after me. I said, we're going to take two weeks. We're going to take a break. He said, okay. The next Sunday, we didn't go to church. We decided to go to the restaurant like more than half the body of Christ did. Amen. And we went to a restaurant in a neighborhood that we never think that anybody would ever show up. So we're sitting there with me and my wife and my two sons, and we're sitting there eating breakfast. And as soon as I'm about to eat my first bite, guess who comes walking in the restaurant? My pastor. I put my fork down, turned to her immediately and said, we're not going anywhere, are we? She said, nope. I said, I'll call them. So I called them. I said, we need to have a meeting with you. And I said, this is what I said to them. I'll do anything you want me to do. Say anything you want me to say as long as it reminds with the Bible. I'm 100% submitted. I have no back door. Three months later, after I made that decision, three months later, the pastor calls me in the office. He said, I think you're supposed to go to Ramah. He said, don't tell your wife. I said, don't tell me not to do that. Praise God. Amen. I'm going to tell my wife. He said, but I think you're supposed to go to Ramah and things like that. And so I went home immediately. I told her, I said, he, he's, a, he's, act, he's actually releasing us. I didn't have to stick my head in the grinder, the meat grinder, to try to force a thing. No, it's an amazing thing. God Almighty moved upon the pastor's heart. And the pastor didn't want us to go. It was a God thing. Totally God got us to Ramah. And I didn't have to push. I didn't have to kick. I didn't have to do anything. I kind of wondered if God wanted me to learn the lesson of being submitted totally, no matter what, without question. Huh, I think that's called blind faith. Is that true? Hello, is that true? So, Pastor, what are you trying to do? I'm trying to help you avoid some of the pitfalls, especially in these last days, that Satan is trying to take people out. And he's doing it. And I just don't want this congregation to be taken out. You want to know why? I love you too much. Love you too much. Like I said, we have two worlds we live in. We live in this world, and we live in a spiritual world, and they're just as real. I don't want any of us, including myself, to be a part of the deception of the elect. I don't want to do it. And you know what? There's still a risk. Because if the elect can be deceived, what about those that aren't? Oh, got to watch it. Cultivating God's presence in your life. Avoid grieving the Holy Spirit. There's two things we do. 
You can quench him or you can grieve him. Quenching is different than grieving. Quenching is not allowing the Spirit of God to have his way in your life. Quenching him. Grieving him is by the words that come out of our mouth. We read the scripture. Ephesians 4, 29 and 32 says this. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of the mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ's sake for has forgiven you. So he says here, grieve, grieve not the Holy Spirit. And we grieve him by saying negative words, by, by saying words of doubt and unbelief. Grieving, grieving, grieving the Spirit of God. Quenching him is when he prompts us. Come on, hello somebody. Actually, the word quench, when you look it up, it literally means taking a hand Wrapping it around the throat of the Holy Spirit and choking the life out of him. Quench. For example, if in a service, if suddenly the Spirit of God wants to move during praise and worship and people start getting touched, and then all of a sudden the leadership stops and actually goes on with the service and kind of overrides the Spirit of God, then it just got quenched. So in other words, when man's agenda, man's program, for whatever it is, begins to interfere with what the Spirit of God wants to do in people's lives, we could end up quenching. If God is prompting you to get some things right, why? Because your peace and joy left. I'm not going to do that. This is what I'm going to do. We find ourselves into trouble. I can't tell you how many times I found myself into trouble because I wanted to do what I wanted to do instead of what he wanted to do. I put on my Facebook, did you choose your pastor or did Jesus choose your pastor for you? I put a question mark. Did you choose your pastor or did Jesus choose your pastor for you? I thought that was very interesting. That's a very interesting. I was like, hmm, makes you want to go hmm. Well, then I look at the Bible. See, I always go back to the Word. If I get something, I'm going to go back to the Word. You know, I like Brother Hagin. I need two or three scriptures to kind of back up what, what that is. You know, I'm going to find out what's the Word. And then suddenly the scripture came to me. In the last days, people will heap to themselves teachers with itching ears to their own liking. Oh. And then I looked at the five pastors that I've been under, and a few were, a couple were pretty tough. I don't think I would have chose them. <laughs> I'm not kidding. don't know if I would have chosen them or not. And, watch this, and when we went from one place, we went to another place. Never went out in the wilderness. What's happening with you? I'm, I'm in a wilderness experience. I'm being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. I must be unstable in all my ways. I must be, I just don't know where I'm going. I'm, I'm fancy free. I don't know where I'm going. I, where do you go to church? I just go where the wind blows. I don't know. I, 
guess that's just Pastor Marie and I. I just don't know if that's really biblical or not. To go from one place to another place. Uh, or that could be very biblical. Where are you going, Jesus? Uh, we're just going to go float in the lake for a while and uh, just kind of wonder what happens. Just not sure if being in the lake. I mean, we could be here for days, boys. I, I know it's only, it's only five miles across, but, you know, I guess we just could be in the lake for a while. You know, did you bring the nets? Yeah, I brought the nets. Did you bring the poles? Well, yeah, we, we brought some. Did you bring any bait? Well, no, I didn't bring any bait. Because I just, why not? Well, because you said we were going to the other side. You didn't tell me that we needed bait and we needed some bread and we needed this because we're going to be in the middle of the lake for a while and things like that. No matter what storms come, no matter if it's calm, we're just going to be in the lake for a while. Uh, Okay, okay, Father, what's your plan? I need you to come from heaven. And go to earth. Oh, okay, I can do that. Praise God. Uh, What do you want me to do on the earth? Well, I want you to go and redeem mankind for me. Okay, well, what does it entail? I want you to prepare 30 years for three and a half years of ministry. Okay, I can probably do that. And then what after that? And then I need you to go to the cross. And then I want you to go from the cross and I want you to go to hell. And I want you to take the keys of death and hell. And then I want you to come and get your body. And then I want you to go from the earth to the mercy seat. And I want you to sprinkle the blood on that. And by the way, then I want you to go back to the earth. And I want you to appear over a 40-day period to over 400 people so that they can't mess it up for 2,000 years. It's a proven factual thing. And then what I want you to do is I want you to send the Holy Ghost after you come back. So you got to go. I've been tossed to and fro for five years now. I just can't find the right, perfect place. Well, the very fact that you showed up was because it's not perfect because you're imperfect. So therefore, there is no perfect place. I'm so glad y'all came to church today. I'm just, I'm just gearing up for camp meeting. Praise God. Amen for these next few days. I'm just, I'm just gearing up for camp meeting. Praise God. Amen. Uh, we went from the world to the church, served in the church for three years. My pastor told me when it was time to go. I didn't tell him. Let me say it one more time. My pastor told me when it was time to go. I didn't tell him. Then I went from Tampa to Tulsa for nine years. Traveled out of Rama Bible Church, one of the traveling ministries, for nine years. Because I didn't have a relationship with Pastor Hagen because there's a church of 6,000. And every year, there's 2,000 students graduating. So they are a training center, Rama Bible Training Center. But what we did was, is I wrote my pastor a letter, thanked him for the investment, thanked him. I just didn't go. And then we went from Tulsa to Chicago 
Family Harvest Church with Pastor Rob. When we left, I, oh, I'm just going to say it. I gave that man $10,000 as we talked with him and said, we are going to go to Florida to plant a church. Then I asked Pastor Rodney, I just like being close to my pastor for some reason. It's just, I feel safe and I don't want to miss my destiny. So I called Pastor Rodney and I asked him, would you pray about being my pastor? He said, I sure would. And then he called me back and said, yes, I'll be your pastor. I said, great, I'm submitted. Watch this. Before I started the church in Plant City, I called Pastor Rodney. I said, Pastor, I feel led of the Lord. I said, have we been everywhere? This was before we moved. We've been everywhere, been to Clearwater, been to Orlando, been to this, been to St. Pete, been to this, been to that. You keep drawing back to Plant City. I said, you're only 30 minutes away. I said, Pastor, I said, if you tell me no, I said, I won't do it. I will move somewhere else. Because I would rather have the blessing of the anointing on my life because I know that man's life. Pure, holy, souls, revival, Holy Ghost, missions. I, his life's been proven. I watched the fruit. I've been with him. I need him in my life. He's made an investment in me. If it wasn't for that man's ministry, I probably would not be standing right here right now because it was the encounter with God that radically changed my life that's taken me to the nations of the world. And it was Rhema, Brother Hagen, and we honor him for the foundation of the Word of God in my life. I, needed, I had the Holy Ghost, just needed the Word to balance me out. And Pastor Rodney said, Brother Jack, he said, listen, Plant City needs you. Go ahead. I said, great. Then when we did the name change from Synergy Church, because people in this town thought we were part of the Church of Scientology, they thought we were a cult because we used the word synergy. It's not good. I'm I'm telling you, this community, synergy, that's got to be of the devil. It's got to be. Those are the ones that roll on the floor a lot and laugh uncontrollably and weep. That got to be the devil in this town. Synergy. Stay away from synergy. That's cultish. That's new ages. So we started getting that reputation. And I thought, oh, my God, I need to change the name. So I guess who I called? My pastor. And I said to him, I think we need to change the name. He said, what's the name of the church? I said, Synergy. He said, yep, you sure do. (laughs) He said, yep, yep, you sure do. And I said, well, pastor, I said, we're connected with you guys. We financially support you guys. Do you think maybe you would like to have maybe a river church, river of Plant City? He said, well, let me pray about that. And then when he said that, watch it. I was sensitive enough. I said, you know what? No, we don't need to do that. Because you know what? I know that man, he would say, yes, because that's what he told me before. It wasn't like, let me pray about you coming to Plant City and let me seek the Lord and let me fast and pray for 40 days and things like that and let me overcome the enemy before I give you an answer. No, he said, he said to me, yes. So when he said, let me pray about that, I said, sir, I said, that's probably not what we should do. He said, okay. And then within a couple of hours, I called him back and I said, what do you think about Life Family Church? He said, yep, yep, that sounds good. 
I just kind of wonder. I mean, for us, we get to stand before presidents of nations, governors, and mayors. We get to do huge crusades. Obviously, God's trusted us with that little bit amount compared to Reinhardt Bonnke or whatever. But you know what? We've done it. And I know Mayor Lott here and things like that. I'm thinking to myself, am I nu- have I gone nuts? Am I gone nuts in my teaching? Have I gone nuts in my preaching to try to help others come to victory and fulfill their destiny? If I'm, I must be nuts. Lock me up. Put me in a straitjacket because i got to be nuts. What are you talking about? I'm talking about cultivating a sensitivity to God's presence in your life. I know i got five other points, and we won't get to them today. But you know what? I'm on a Holy Ghost roll right now because I think it's really, really good. It's good word. It's solid foundation. It's victory you can stake your life on to help you go into your future. Because we're living in pretty raunchy, stinky times. Who's got time to get off the plan of God now? I know I don't. I'll be 53 on the 10th. Praise God. Amen. Chick-fil-A, baby. That's all I want. Just give me the cards. That's all I want. Chick-fil-A. Jesus chicken. Just give me a bunch of Jesus, give me a bunch of Jesus chicken cards, and I'm happy. There's my request right there. Please forgive me for loving you too much and wanting to see you succeed. Please forgive me for that. Because I don't know if anybody else wants you to succeed as much as we want you to succeed. So please forgive me for being overly joyous in your success and wanting you to succeed. No matter where you're at spiritually in your life. Because here's the deal. Whether you do, we have no option. We're going to keep on going. We're going to keep on doing crusades. We're going to keep on doing Easter outreaches. We're going to keep on serving. I was here. I clicked. You saw those nice floors down there? Guess who did that? Amen. Me and April. April came and helped. And, of course, Cindy was in the office, too, because I wasn't here alone. She came and helped. I did those floors. It's like this pole right here is my pole. <laughs> and some of you don't understand that, see, when I got into an accident five years ago, we got like $35,000, so I took twenty grand of the insurance money and I put it in the building. So this is a $10,000 pole. Praise God. Amen. And guess what? I have twins that I love the most. Praise God. This is my pole. So please forgive me for caring about your life and the success that you have. Oh, you're forgiven, Pastor. What do you have? <laughs> you're forgiven. Don't care as much as you do. Really, don't. Don't, Pastor. It's just too much. Your caring about me is way over the top. <laughs> okay, I'm going to finish. One the point here. We're just a few more words, okay? First Thessalonians 5.19 says this, Quench not the Spirit of God. Quench not. To quench means this, to still, to quiet, to repress, to extinguish, to put out. How many times maybe we have put out the advice of our spiritual leaders. How many times have we put out the advice of our parents to our children? How many times have we put out the advice of our employers, employees? How many times? We've all done it. We've all done it. And I wondered if we would have listened where we would be now. Because I have to examine 
Have I listened to my spiritual authority? Have I cultivated a, a sensitivity to God's presence? Have I cultivated his voice in my life to totally clear? And then if I don't have totally clear, then have I understood how God works with authority? Have, have I understood that? How Jesus himself was a man under authority? Read Matthew chapter 25. It says that he was under authority and that he submitted to the Lord. He went to the, he went to the Lord Three times, his father, can you do something different? God said, no. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Your will. Yeah, but you don't understand. I've had a few leaders in my life that had wrong motives. Granted. Absolutely granted. But if you have leaders in your life who has your best interests at heart and has no hidden motives and want you to succeed... I want you to be the best God has made you to be instead of you being the best you now. I don't, that's a lie from the pit of hell. I don't even wear that. You're the best you now. No, you're not. There's always room to get better. There's always room. I'm, please forgive us for the constant pursuit of improvement. <laughs> Nobody rides our butts more than we ride our butts. Come on, hello, so I want to. If I'm going to cultivate a sensitivity to God's presence, all of these factors that I've talked to you tonight, this morning, just that's just point one. I got like six. That's just point one. Are all part of it, a part of the master's plan. So how do you how do you know that? We've applied it to our lives, and it's taken us to the nations of the world. And we're always thinking, I wish I could do more. Because my ultimate goal, all of our ultimate goal is heaven and the rewards there. And then we don't stay there. We get to come back down here for a thousand years. And then at the end of a thousand years, there's another millenniums that are coming. And then we're just not floating around like fat babies with wings in heaven. That's not the way it is. That's not the way. God's got a master plan for eternities, eternities. And guess what? When we get there, we'll get the eternities to the eternities. And when we get there, there'll be (laughs) eternities, eternities. And then there, you think God's boring? We are not bored. So if anything, this morning, hopefully I've expanded your territory and maybe expanded your thinking a little bit instead of just being so nose to the grindstone, this is my world. When there's a whole world out there and the future is bright. And what's the rush? What's the rush? Don't fall into, give it to me now, give it to me now, give it to me now. Got to be careful. Man, what's the rush? It's one life. One life. It's one life we live. So, here's the deal. I'll close with this. If we don't own that property in this time, I'm going to own it during the millennium. I'm just going to tell you right now. If I don't own this building right now, she asked me the other day, where's your faith? I said, my faith is in... That's my faith. That's where my faith is right now. So, <laughs> so I'm like, during the millennium, we'll have it there, and we'll have that, and we're going to have that thing over there, and we're going to build that sanctuary, and we're going to, it's going to happen. Amen. So why, do you, how you, why are you so sure? Because it's in my spirit. 
and it's never left. So whether it's in this time period or the thousand-year millennial reign period, it's going to happen. Praise God. Amen. So there you go. I just Some of these things are just may, might be out there. Well, that's a little different thinking. You think outside the box, Brother Jack. Brother Jack, you think outside. I don't have a box. What do you mean? Think outside the box. I don't have a box to think out of. There is no box. There's no box. The future is bright. No matter what happens in your life, the future is bright. No matter what decision you make. And whatever decisions you make, God love you. We love you. Go run with the fire. Go run with the destiny. We are not a cult. Sorry to disappoint you. Sorry, there's no Kool-Aid after the service in the back hospitality room for anybody to drink. I'm sorry. Because ultimately what it's going to come down to, it is you and God. And whatever decision that you make is your decision between you and the Lord. There you go. We're here to, your life is like a bowling alley. You're the bowling ball. We're the bumpers. The only time you ever feel us is if your ball is getting ready to gutter. That'll make you dance right there. The only time you feel us, the only time you'll ever feel us, your, your life is a bowling alley. The only time you'll feel your pastors, if you're about to gutter that sucker. And we'll bump you. Pow! And then it, you take it, great, you, you'll make a strike. If not, I mean, three, three, three or four pins may fall over. But you knock them down. Hello? My life is a bowling alley. Pastor Rodney, he bumps me. He bumped me one year hard. I still love him for it. How did he bump you? One particular year. We'll close with this third calling. Closing. Praise God. Amen. One particular year, we preached about, let me put it this way. I don't know how many. We were only home 30 days out of the entire year. We lived on the road. Mail to hotels, paying bills. Josh and John, they'd send the, the, the bills to us wherever we were at. And Pastor Rodney saw my schedule. And he said, son, do you want to live to be in good old age? I said, yes, sir. He said, you better slow down. I said, yes, sir. And I began to curtail the schedule. It nearly, cured, it nearly killed us that one particular year. How much? We preached 259 services that year. You, you want to live for a good old age? Yes, sir. You better slow down. Yes, sir. I think about it all the time now. All my pastors I've said yes, sir, to, whether I understood it or not. Huh. Gee, you can tell I'm suffering today. Matrix suffering. I'm suffering. I'm suffering today because I obeyed my pastors. And whatever they told me, whether I understood it or not, I just, huh, I'm suffering. Oh, I'm suffering. I'm so suffering today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet if you would, please. Stand to your feet. Come on, lift your hands toward heaven. Amen. Come on, lift your hands toward heaven. God's got something good for you today. Today's a good day. Hallelujah. Destiny is ahead of you. The plan of God is ahead of you. Amen. You will, do, you will run your course. You will finish the race. Hallelujah. The patterns will be broken in your life of destruction in the name of Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. Today when you woke up, His mercy was new when you woke up. Praise God. Amen. Because His mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. 
We will win. We will not be defeated. Hallelujah. Many things will be avoided. Hallelujah. Many things will be avoided if we just follow the Spirit of God, follow the Word of God. Many things. If we'll have a sensitive sensitivity to His presence in our life, develop that. Spend time with the Holy Ghost. Spend time with Him. Let Him do what He wants to do on the inside of you. Let Him work His work in you. Because when He works His work in you, you'll be a better you. Amen. Fit and meet for the Master's use. Hallelujah. Get things in order. Get your house in order. If it's out of order, get it in order. Man, Pastor Marie and I are trying to get our house in order. Praise God. Trying to get some things accomplished. Amen. Yeah. If, I, if we have to get our house in order, you've got to get your house in order too. If we, if we have to make adjustments, you have to make adjustments. Because that's just a requirement of God. But there's no condemnation in making those adjustments. Just start taking a step toward those directions. Yes, take a step toward, because obedience is much better than sacrifice. Isn't that right? Obedience is much better than sacrifice. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week, and remember, the best is yet to come.